Hello, my name is Vance Need, and welcome to another episode of the PS Plus, a Living Faith Bible Institute podcast that serves as a companion to another called The Postscript. Now, on that podcast, pastor and host Brandon Briscoe each week will speak with other pastors and professors from the Living Faith Bible Institute on a wide array of topics. Here on this podcast, the PS Plus, we'll take a look at some of those topics that are being discussed and we'll dive in just a little bit deeper. Now, we've been exploring a series based off of Greg Axe, Pastor Greg Axe of Crest Bible Church and also the professor of eschatology here at the Living Faith Bible Institute, his book, Revelation Made Simple. And we're going to continue that discussion today. So let's do this thing. All right. Now, for real, I know I say it every single time, but if you have not listened to the previous episodes, please go back and listen. We'll be doing a little bit of review just to get some context, but more or less, we're going to dive into today's content. So the highlights of where we've been so far are two verses in particular that help set the stage for how we should be interpreting the book of Revelation. The first is Revelation 1.10, which says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Now, in a previous episode, we've defined the Lord's day as the day of the Lord, the events leading up to Christ coming to rule and reign here on this planet. And we also looked at Revelation 1.19, which says, Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. And what we saw with these verses is these lay out the tenses of the book of Revelation for us. And that's really that's really aided by the fact that there is an event in Revelation that helps to divide the book into three sections, that event being heaven opening, which happens in chapter 4 and chapter 19. So these two events which break up the book of Revelation in three, chapters 1 through 3, chapters 4 through 19, and chapters 20 through 22, these coincide with the things thou hast seen, the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. And how they coincide is that John, the author of the book, is taken forward in time in the Spirit to the Lord's Day, a future event, in chapters 2 through 3, which are seven letters to seven historical churches, also lay out for us seven period or ages in church history. And we took a look at an example of this, an example at one of those church ages, the Laodicean age last time. So with a little bit of that background, let's take a look at another verse that's going to be key for us understanding Revelation, and particularly the events of chapters 4 through 19, and this is Revelation 4.1. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee the things which must be hereafter. Now, we should also take a look at Revelation 19.11, the other instance of heaven opening, which says this, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Now, what's important to observe about these two instances of heaven opening is that in 4.1, someone goes up, and this is John. But in 19.11, someone comes down, and this faithful and true who judges in righteousness we know to be the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And this is, this is where we're going to spend our time today, particularly defining this first event in 4.1, which is the rapture of the church. Now, if you've taken a look at eschatology for any period of time, the concept of the rapture of the church should be a familiar one, but I don't want to make any assumptions, and it's always good to review this and run the references, and so that's what we're going to take a couple of minutes to do. Now, biblically speaking, what we understand the rapture of the church to be is an event whereby Jesus Christ is going to come for the body of Christ, his church. And there are two really great passages to help us understand this, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15. The former says this, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So that was 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 17. Let's take a look at 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 53. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal put on immortality. So these two verses clearly show us the event, the rapture of the church, where where Jesus Christ is coming back again for the body of Christ. Now, there are a couple of things that we need to know about this event. And the first is that believers... Those who have trusted in Jesus Christ as their Savior, we're instructed to wait for this event. We're instructed to wait for the Lord's return for his church. Again, in 1 Thessalonians 10, it says, And to wait for a son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Now, the last bit of that verse is incredibly important. Jesus Christ, who we are waiting for, is delivering us, has delivered us from wrath that is forthcoming. And here's where we need to remember that contextually, the day of the Lord is a day of wrath. In Revelation chapter 6, there's there's an accounting of Christ's second advent when he makes it to planet earth. And listen to what it says here. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it was rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man hid himself in the dens, in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne." And from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? The day of the Lord is a day full of wrath, and yet, we just read in 1 Thessalonians that we've been delivered from that wrath. Again, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So in taking a brief look at this event, the rapture of the church, 
It is a day that we are to look forward to, and it is a day that delivers us from wrath. Now, let's tie this back to the book of Revelation. Why why are we spending some time here? Well, because chapters 4 through 19 chronicle the tribulation. Now, this is an event that is focused on wrath and judgment and God revealing himself to the nation of Israel in a way that they finally accept him. Now, here's a neat thing that you can do. If you have a concordance, whether it be digital or, or I don't know, whatever you use, man, but look up the word church or churches in the book of Revelation. Now, I, I've actually already done this work for you, so let me tell you what you'll find. You're actually going to find that church and churches appear, obviously, in the book, but almost exclusively in chapters 1 through 3. Now, what's the significance of this? Well, if you remember that chapters 1 through 3 are focused on the letters to the churches and also chronicling seven church ages, then isn't it very interesting that after the last church age, the Laodicean age, there is an event where heaven opens and the church isn't mentioned during the time of the tribulation. This is going to be key for us to understand because this period, the tribulation, is not a time that's appointed to the church. It is a time that is appointed unto Israel. In the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 21, it says, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world, to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Well, Matthew is a book that presents Jesus Christ as the king of the Jews. And contextually, Jesus is talking to Jews when he writes this. In Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 7, we get another glimpse of the tribulation. But listen to the very particular language that the prophet uses. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. Jacob, of course, we know his name was changed to Israel, and from him we get the 12 tribes of Israel. So this is a key thing that we cannot miss about the book of Revelation, and that is that in chapter 4, verse 1, we see the rapture of the church, and we don't see the church mentioned basically for almost the entirety of the rest of the book. And what that means is that if there's no church and there are only three people groups, according to how God accounts people groups, then that leaves only Gentiles and the nation of Israel during the events of the tribulation chronicled in chapters 4 through 19. Now, we need to talk about chapters 4 through 19, and we absolutely are going to do that next time. So guys, as always, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the PS Plus. If you're curious about any of this content, again, those two great resources for you, Revelation Made Simple by Pastor Greg Axe, and also his class on Daniel and Revelation that you can take at LFBI, the Living Faith Bible Institute. Now, speaking of LFEI, enrollment for the fall semester is now open. So if you are ready to start learning the Bible for yourself, you need to go to lfbi.org so you can enroll and make sure that you don't miss out on that window. 
Thank you so much for joining me, and I hope to talk to you next time. Take care.